The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. So that was Mama by the Spice Girls, obviously a 90s classic. Um, and welcome, I should say, to Various Women on Resonance 104.4. Oh, I can't say any of that. Kevin, do you want to say that? <laughs> welcome to Various Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, we're live in the studio, as you could probably tell. Um, <laughs> never. Absolutely never. Uh, I chose to start off with the song Mama because uh, that song actually tricked me into telling my mom that I loved her because I was singing along with it. And she was like, oh, you finally said it. Um, what do you mean finally I don't tell my mum I love her I find it really cringe you find it cringe I find it really cringe I don't like telling people that I love them especially not parents I would never say it to my parents yeah actually come to think of it you've never told me that you love me just like how you never told me that you thought I was stylish until we did the revealing 36 I can't believe, questions I don't to understand fall why in love this is like coming back to haunt me but I don't know why because I gave you a compliment <laughs> but I don't know anyway um, so we're going to start off where we left last week. So last week we had both our mums being interviewed talking about their relationship with their mothers. So we thought we'd talk to each other about our relationship with our mothers, which I think is maybe a bit confusing. Um, before we get started, have you got any gripes of the week, Catherine? Yeah, I've got quite a few gripes. I mean, I've noticed that my gripes, I'm really upping the ante on them, actually, recently. Um, I see, normally I only have kind of one, maybe two, but in the last few weeks I seem to be racking out like three or four but anyway, my main gripe is um, how when norovirus like enters your office or your home, it just never goes that. away. So like, I just think that I've been on the receiving end of like a bug that's just kind of worked its way around my office, my family, and yeah. Now Maybe also you are residents. the node. You're the you're the common factor in all those things, Catherine. So you're passing yeah, it on know, to everyone. I'm, I'm concerned about that. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, I've never been living with a partner before being ill to that extent. And, you know, when it's Valentine's Day and you've got two people with norovirus in the house, like that's that's not wonderful, is it? Um, so, yeah, that's um, kind of been a bit annoying. And the other thing as well is that norovirus also um, caused an argument between me and my mother. So this is slightly on theme. Oh, great. Right? On topic. Because my first symptom of norovirus, which happened a few weeks ago, was when I went home to my parents and my mum made a really amazing shepherd's pie. It was like absolutely delicious and I ate it. And then inexplicably, like two hours later, I just vomited the whole thing up and accused her of giving me food poisoning and couldn't sleep. That's very ungracious of you. I know, but it was like the only kind of like answer I could think of. Like as soon as I ate it, I felt ill. So obviously... I took issue with the shepherd's pie and thought it was the pie's fault and therefore her fault. And now looking back and seeing the What's effect the that norovirus has had, <laughs> it definitely wasn't her fault. So I feel bad about that, Mum. Have you gone back to your mother and said, like, I realised that I was in the wrong and that pie was perfect? Yeah, and she was very concerned that I might not be able to eat the pie in future. And I've lied and said that I, it's not put me off the pie, but now even just thinking about it, I feel ill. 
But now she's heard you say it live on radio. <laughs> she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not for the other stuff we're going to say tonight. Um, my gripe of the week, I don't know. I tried to move house. No, we are moving house at the moment. And that's quite stressful, as you can imagine. There's like nine of us, ten of I am not sure. I live with a lot of people. Trying to get all our stuff in a van. I, it was horrible. But what made it even worse was there was a man standing in our house the whole time who was like giving us advice, just shouting at us, basically. And he went to the toilet which is fine obviously he was welcome to use the facilities in our home that's okay but he didn't close the door and he was weeing and I didn't see anything but I kind of walked past and he said oh sorry I didn't realize you were coming and I said it's it's fine you know like I, I didn't see anything and then he came up to me with really wet hands really close to my face and he was like I've only got a little one anyway uh. that was just so unpleasant and that was like the theme of his presence in our house I think like that kind of level of mild discomfort for everyone around yeah so wet hands after using the toilet even if it's just clean water that's not okay I think that's you know I think that's quite rude like dripping the dripping leaving I didn't realize that was potentially rude. touching you having a wet hand print I'm not happy with that I think that's okay I, I always make sure after I've been to the toilet if I have to shake someone's hand and my hand is wet I always say like I've been to the toilet <laughs> but it's wet with cleanliness I use that phrase and that goes down quite well people um, smirk it's nice yeah. um so of course We've done our gripes. Do you have any gripes, Chris? I probably should have briefed you that you might have to give us a gripe. Yeah, no, I'm fine on gripes this week. Thanks. Okay, great. No gripes. <laughs> You've Perfect. done enough. We've do- oh, okay. Um, yeah, of course, last weekend was Valentine's Day. Um, and I wondered if we could remember any particularly scarring incidents of Valentine's Day of yesteryear. So, um, Catherine, have you got any scarring yesteryear Valentine's Days? Well, the only thing that kind of I feel a bit depressed about is that I've never actually had a card from a secret admirer, which... Either means I have no secret admirers and never have done, or they're just incredibly elusive and they're too secret to Which one do you think is more likely? Well, I'm not sure which one's more likely, but I think it's a bit sad to think that you'd never know if someone kind of found you attractive or liked you a bit. So yeah, I've never I've never had like a a kind of surprise card or love letter on Valentine's. Have you ever sent one? I sent a Valentine's once, I've just remembered. When I was at primary school. No, I no, I I've never sent a Valentine's. So maybe it's a karma thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, I've received a Valentine's cookie, which I got when I was at school. So someone did give me that in public and in an open. So that's quite that was quite nice. That was a good gesture. Um, but yeah, never never had anything. And also, I'd never been out for Valentine's Day and done something deliberately romantic until this year when we had norovirus, and we braved going out for dinner. Which, looking back at it, was kind of reckless and foolhardy like I don't know what we're thinking um but we braved through the illness and we did go out and have a romantic meal and you know we had a good time but I don't know if I want to do it again because the restaurant literally was just full of couples and we were all very close to each other and it felt way it just felt weird were people's like pink balloons bouncing off each other because it was that packed in I had the people next to me, the lady's chair was basically almost like a third chair to our two-person table. Like, her back was kind of, like, right near my face. Um, and, you know, it was kind of meant to be romantic. So there was, in the restaurant, there was a woman singing. Um, and, yeah, it was very cheesy. I knew what I was getting myself into, but it was it felt stressful being solely surrounded by couples. It was odd. Well, in Glasgow, I think it was on Valentine's Day. And if this news didn't happen on Valentine's Day, I don't want to be corrected... 
because I think it's funnier if it did. But basically, there was a screening of Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like quite a nice cinema in Glasgow, and it ended in a brawl between a man and like a, a group of women who he told off for being too rowdy, who then glassed him, and also there was like vomiting in the aisles. He had to clean up all this blood before the next showing of Fifty Shades of Grey. I think that's. Imagine if you were there on a date. I know, shocking. But then, I mean, I can't believe all these people that did pre-book their cinema tickets to go and see Fifty Shades of Grey on Valentine's Day. Like, that's just madness. It's depressing, actually. It is quite I'm depressing. Depressed. Yeah. Do you think it's more depressing to see it on your own or with a lover? Um, with a lover, I think. I, I, Like, on your own, I think, you know, if you've got a guilty pleasure, that's fine. But don't kind of... It's like going to the cinema with your partner to watch, like, Twilight or something. Like, if you're going to do that, then you've just got to do it with female friends. Don't, like, drag your partner <laughs> what, into it. What a rule. What if your partner is female? Yeah, so also, well, you know. It takes all sorts to make yeah, up the exactly. world happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so, well, actually, on my Valentine's Day this year, I went to the cinema, not to see Fifty Shades of Grey. I went to see Love is Strange with my mum, which, look, brings us on to talking about mums again, our favourite topic of the last two weeks. Um, so we asked our mums, and I hope that I've done this right and, you know, technology doesn't fail us. We asked our mums <laughs> whether or not we were similar. I'm going to try and play a clip um, of your mother answering the question of whether she thinks you two are similar. How do you think I've turned out? Well, I think you've turned out really well. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what I'd have done if you said something else. <laughs> no, no, you're very uh, thoughtful. You're hardworking. You're able to... Um, you've got some hobbies, like the radio show. So I think you've turned out to be a fully functioning adult. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there are some things, because you do a lot... Sometimes household tasks need to be organised by your mother. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Being a mother to an adult these days, that you have to be their PA. <laughs> Do you think we're similar? Where people, I think where we are similar, and some of your friends have commented on this when they've been to stay, that they kind of think that some of your humour has come from me. You and Dad are both very funny, though, in quite different ways. Mm. And together, you are quite hilarious. I always forget when I'm away just how much the two of you are just laughing all the time. Mm. I think we're both quite, like, hair obsessives. If mm. we've got a bad hair day, the whole day is bad. Ruined, yes. Yeah. I'm very like that. If my hair's not right, I don't feel right at all. Because we always went to the hairdresser together when we mm. were little, well, mm. when I was little. And that's something that we've always done, mm. whereas we both hate having facials because we don't like Can't kind of... Relax. Yeah. What were you like? We like shopping together. <laughs> yeah, well, Emma actually did say that she thought I was very stylish, so maybe she think thinks that you're true. stylish too. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I'll assume I am stylish. Um, so what do you think you were like before you were a mum? And have you have you changed since you had me? Well, the thing is, you don't really think you're any different but I suppose I must have changed it has been almost 30 years it's been yes. 28 years so I mean yeah, you must so have changed a bit a bit yeah is that so just got more lines at your age is that I'm just grayer. a blip I mean one thing that I do really like about you is that you've always had quite a big um you know community spirit and you've dedicated your life to making a difference um by being a teacher and you've always worked in um state schools and you've always um you know worked deliberately with the kids who need the most help because you seem to be able to get on with young people very well and you're not bothered about having the really clever ones who'll make mm. you look good <laughs> I don't think you've got that many airs and graces no <laughs> um you just 
you know, get down to it and don't take any shit from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, is that because you're from Yorkshire? Well, from Rotherham. Yeah. <laughs> so I like young people. I guess really what I want to know is, do you think that you and your mum are similar? What do you um, think? I think that we're as similar as we could be, given the kind of massive differences in how we've been brought up, our, like our age difference. And um, I suppose the kind of different just experiences that our families had, like I think my mum is just born into a completely different world, which I think she maybe touched on slightly in last week's show but you know I think what was expected of her at that time was very much you know you get married quite young and you have kids and you know it wouldn't have made any difference to you know most people wouldn't have thought about having to have a career if she said oh I'm not going to have a job or I'm just going to work for a few years and then have kids people wouldn't have thought oh you know that's so unusual to not want to have a job like lots of her friends did that so she um yeah made her kind of own path and really decided that she wanted to push her work and things um but the world has changed a lot in that time um so I think the fact that we do have similar interests and things like that is really a credit to the fact that we got on with each other um is there anything that like you do that you're like oh my god that's so much like my mum like that's awful (laughs) In terms of like, well, I think when you're growing up, like especially when you're a teenager, um, you kind of find it much easier to find fault in your parents and things that they do. And I think back then I would have found lots of things annoying about both of them. But I suppose with my mum, like I do see a tendency in her to try and avoid confrontation because I knew that she found it really difficult with her mum being quite a kind of... um, yeah outspoken person who liked an argument and was very critical my mum always was like I don't want to have that kind of household where there's rows and things so she will just kind of if someone's being really out of order she just kind of takes it and goes okay I'm gonna have some time out and she doesn't really stand up for herself at home I don't think she's like that at work or anything but sometimes I see myself just kind of not really properly challenging people like I always want to be a people pleaser um and I kind of think that the way that she is in the house maybe I'm taking and being like that more at work and with friends um because I don't think she takes rubbish off people like in her life outside but at home when me and dad are like having a tantrum she's incredibly calm and (laughs) I kind of admire it but also think I'm not sure whether she should be doing that yeah my mom just kind of opts out when me and my dad are having a row it's like you're kind out. of, I'm just blanking. It's like, I want you to be on my side and tell him he's wrong, but she just turns away. So what about um, you? I'm Well, I might play the clip of Esther saying our similarities, but what I think is interesting is that like with your mum, I think they ve- they have a very different outlook on life. Your mum's a bit of an optimist. I'd say my mum's a bit of a pessimist. So mm. your mum was like, we've got all this stuff in common. It's really great. Um, That's not exactly what my mum said, but we can listen <laughs> um, and find out if we can. I don't think we're very similar. You're very bright and um, intelligent and, yeah, quite independent and uh, have strong views on things. And I think I'm much more sort of um, 
dependent and malleable and um <laughs> I mean do you think that we have any similarities or big differences or whatever I think something that I know that people have said about both of us that we both don't suffer fools gladly that's exact sentiments being expressed about both of us and also that both of us worry a lot oh yes that's true um yes. and it was funny when my friend Alice said that we both that I worried a lot and you said oh yeah same as me it's genetic um obviously physically got the uh, got the big boob gene <laughs> yes so yeah sorry about that the, the big boobs um but we can get quite frustrated quite easily but yeah I think like we know when someone's bullshitting us and we don't appreciate it um you might do I don't know I probably still get fooled but I think I've mellowed with age do you think that you are like your mum that's a toughie I guess well she had a much obviously harder life than I did and came from a very poor home and so on and went lived through a war she had to I guess develop qualities that I didn't need to develop I can think of one um Juvenile sense of humour. Oh, yes, okay. Toilet humour, sort of. You both love a fart joke. Yes, that's true. Yes. There you go. <laughs> both like to laugh. Yes, yes. She was she was a good one for for jokes. That's true. She had a sense of humour. She liked to make people laugh. Uh, she liked to sing as well, and I like to sing. Um, yeah, so they both like to sing, her and her mother, and we've all got big boobs. That's basically the main qualities that you learn about my family there. I've got the big boob gene from my mum as well. And also the painful period gene. That's yeah. interesting. I think... Oh, yeah, actually, obviously, I also get the famous massive spot before the period that mm. my mum also gets, mm. got, not sure. I think my mum also, in um, that sort of um, clip from her, she did a very typical Jill thing, which was giving the most kind of practical examples of something without having to go too much into like how she feels about things. So like your mum, I feel, was going into more depth about like your actual characteristics and the qualities that make you a person. Whereas my mum, as she admitted, I think this was um, something we played last week. She said that she doesn't really think about herself that much and she like above and beyond am I tired or not tired and what do I have to do so she's and tired. how's my hair looking I guess is what yeah, I'm so today. She, yeah I think how's she does hair? actually spend a lot of time thinking about her hair but <laughs> she so like similarities for us it's like you know things that we do together and like she said last week she thinks that I'm hard working conscientious but in terms of like actual characteristic traits I think she um I don't know whether she like thinks that much about what makes her the amazing person that she is I think yeah I also feel like my mom was just looking for some differences there or she, I think she just wanted to give me like a, a ream of compliments and then that was it I guess she was, she's quite modest I suppose and mm. quite like and she is very say. clever I know so she's I very clever took her to pub that quiz. opener what she's it's talking about I took her to pub quiz last week and she did incredibly well she knew, knew a lot of things that we didn't know and wasn't it her first ever pub and quiz as well exactly on her first ever pub quiz so she should be very proud mm. of herself I don't know um but yeah, that's typical Esther, you know. So how do you think your relationships progressed? Um, since I interviewed her. <laughs> I think... <laughs> since, since forever. Since forever. I think that I'm probably... Since she moved to Australia, she's been very far away. It's probably made it slightly more difficult for me to tell her, like, I've got this issue. Because it's like, when you're phoning someone who's, like, 
nine hours ahead of you and probably like it's like three in the morning there i don't know it's just it makes it a bit more inconvenient to be like oh i'm a bit worried that um yeah i was late for work today like i mean you're not you know you're not gonna call mm. these minor issues and you know actually when i started uni my dad his big advice to me was if anything good happens to you call your mother and if anything bad happens call me so that he like instilled sensible. this like come to me with all your problems and like anything good call your mom mm. which i guess the fact is he gets called more <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, take about what you will um I was going to ask, like, does so obviously you've got quite a good relationship with your mum. Does it make you want to be a mum, or do you want to be a mum in general? Like, how do you feel? Yeah, I do. Um, I really liked spending time with her when I was little, and I didn't like being apart from her. Dad said I was really clingy. So this is to the extent that when she went and vacuumed the house, I used to sit on the Hoover, and if she tried to put me in another room, I'd start crying. That's a bit weird. Um, so I think that yeah, we spent a lot of time together, and then. Um, Maybe we were a bit less close when I was a bit older, but we've always kind of got on. And the things that we did when I was little, like making butterfly cakes and reading books and going to museums and watching Disney films, and the fact that she seemed to have like limitless patience for doing maybe boring kid stuff or annoying kid stuff, those things I definitely would love to do with my own children. I think that's it's funny that you say it's like limitless patience. So I think having kids also gives you a kind of excuse to do all those things that you really want to do, like go and play with all the yeah. fun toys or whatever. But you've got to pretend like, oh, I'm just doing it because my kid. And we had this when, um, so I went home because, so my mum in that interview said, you know, that she basically has to be my PA and I'm still going back to Leicester to go to the dentist and my mum has to book the appointment and we go together. We've been doing that since I was a baby. So basically I went home and we went to the dentist and in the dentist surgery, they've just bought this giant dinosaur toy which is like absolutely huge and it when you touch it it moves and makes sounds and you can put these fake leaves in its mouth and there's this woman and her very small child playing what on size it. is it it's like i would say it's almost Actual like the size. size of a kind of like like a toy car that a kid would get in or like a dodgem car so it's like a big thing and a small child can sit on it comfortably and my mum she was just so overexcited by it. I was sitting there thinking, that's kind of cool. I kind of want to touch it. But, you know, there's a small child and his mum playing. I'm not going to interfere. My mum was, like, down on, like, all fours with this kid, like, basically kind of pushing him off and then, like, pretending that she was going to help him so that she could play with it. And I could see that she's just still so excited by doing that stuff. But actually, you know, the kind of genuinely quite difficult things, I can't imagine my life revolving around this tiny person and having the answers if they say things like you know why is the sky blue I've lost all that knowledge like I don't have any kind of useful key stage knowledge you've got to go back and learn it again you've got to stay one step ahead of them you know they can't read when they're born so Mm -hmm. you just do a little bit of reading like you know for a three-year-old and then by the time they're three you're like (laughs) six-year-old you're you're fine was that good math I'm not really sure um (laughs) Yeah, but it's also, that just reminded me of once I went to the Museum of Childhood in Edinburgh, excellent museum, and they have like a lot of toys you can play with, and they have like a rocking horse, and I must have been like, I don't know, let's say 12 or something, and I wanted to, uh, you know, I, it's interesting to look at Victorian toys or whatever, whatever age you are, and I was, I saw this rocking horse, and I tried to have a go on it, and it just wasn't really working out I've very well. I've been there. It's really, it's yeah, really good. it's really good. I've, and um, yeah, I've been there. this like, I don't know, museum, what do you call them? A museum guide or whatever, the person who works there, um, came over Curator? and... and 
Oh, a bit fancy. Yeah, well, whatever. Someone who works in the museum came along because I was like, it's not really working. And they were like, I think you're a bit big for it. And I didn't really have the heart to tell them, but like just five minutes before, my mom had been having like a whale of a time on that rocking horse, <laughs> like really going for it. Um, yeah, I think there was something else as well, I guess, like in my changing relationship with my mom, because she comes to visit me quite a lot, like she'll come to like the UK for a bit. I've, I think I've taken it as like my I've become like a bit of a motherly role in my head where I'm like I've got to show her all this fun stuff so I'm like taking her to museums being like let's go and see the, yeah. the streets of South London true I'm like are you sure you know what bus to take you've got to do this and that but yeah also I'm like oh we could do this fun thing and I'm kind of like coming up with all the ideas of fun stuff to do which maybe is a bit of a role reversal do you want to have kids? I think working in a primary school working with kids all day has pretty much put me off <laughs> but you know um i would say never say never i don't know yeah i don't know do you feel pressure to no and actually i mean i'm not gonna i don't think we have time but i did ask my mom if she thought i should have children and she said you know gave a really nice response saying you know i think you'd be really, a really great mum for all these reasons um you're really warm all these kind of nice things but she was like but you know up to you like if you want to do it or not mm. and i think that's nice because i think a lot of people do feel like oh it's really weird if i don't want to have kids like what's wrong with me but I feel like I've already got kids because I spend like all day with kids. I mean, I know it's not exactly the same, but I mean, I feel like the old, the older I get, the less grown up I feel because I always assumed that there would just be a milestone of like, you know, eighteen, you're just an adult. You feel like an adult. Twenty five, you're even more of an adult. Thirty, you're totally sorted and you understand how everything works. And I'm going to be twenty nine next birthday, and I would just totally freak out if I was pregnant like I would just be terrified because it just I just feel so young but I think everyone's terrified yeah I know I think at any age you're going to be terrified and I remember like when we asked my mom about like how does she feel and stuff and she said like she was like I was just terrified of giving birth I thought yeah exactly Mm. that's the first big hurdle yeah and I can't really get over the feeling like it just seems so kind of parasitic like you know it I just imagine like kind of alien life form it just you know the whole thing just kind of freaks me out like carrying a child in you for that amount of time I can't really get over the whole kind of weirdness of the pregnancy and I think it's a thankless job you know you do your best you do all this nice stuff for your kids and then like (laughs) they turn into teenagers and they just hate you they're like you're so cringe I hate this whatever that's the uh, you can't do anything yeah that's got the pessimist coming out yeah exactly Um, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up there so thanks for listening Um, I'm sure that Catherine you can tell us all about our podcast and Twitter yeah you can um, find us on iTunes just search Very Loose Women we'd absolutely love it if you enjoy the show if you would consider rating and reviewing us we're also on Twitter at VLW Radio you can find us on Facebook and obviously you can email us verylooseswomen at resonancefm.com if you are so inclined but don't send us any misogynistic messages on, on Facebook because we didn't like it last time thanks (laughs) for full versions of our shows check out verylooseswomen.wordpress.com this program was brought to you by resonance 104.4 fm visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24 7 broadcasts resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support if you like what you've heard make a secure donation at resonancefm.com